Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, sports fans, to another episode of the Charity Stripe Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one sports podcast network in Los Angeles. For those listening at home, on the road, in the air, or in the water, do you believe? On the show today, we're talking hoops, hoops, and more hoops. Did they get the all-NBA teams right? How about LaMarcus Aldridge versus Brandon Roy in a new segment called Top of the Polls? That's right. We are listening to you guys in the DMs on the Instagram because there was a huge debate this week. Aldridge or Roy? So we're giving to you in a new segment. And we got a whole lot more on the show. So get excited because here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. It's the charity stripe. Hit you free throws because they freeze. Sold 156 coming hot at you guys and sold 155. And I'm flanked on my right by Alex Tosping the Rock to Sopolis. Nikki Snacks Kreider could not be here today. We're recording on Sunday and I don't want to alarm the fans out there because last time we recorded he missed because he was at a boozy brunch. And we told you guys, listen, you don't mess with Nikki Snacks Kreider when he's at a boozy brunch. But he went to another boozy brunch today on Sunday, and I don't want you to think that he has a problem at home because we're taking precautions, but if it gets to become a third time, then we'll have some choice words with Nikki Snacks Kreider. But you know what? I, I mean, it's Memorial Day. so It is Memorial Day weekend, and I'm not going to... Listen, we said it, and we can't mess with Nikki Snacks Kreider when he's doing a boozy brunch, you know? Bellinis he loves for his, everyone. He loves his Bellinis, dude. It's, it's so cute, honestly. So good for Nick. Let him enjoy Memorial Day. Me and Toss are ripping this one. And it's hoops anyway. So we're super psyched to talk to you guys about some basketball. So we'll just kick it off with the fan questions, APU, as per usual. Question number one, dear Josh and Toss from the Charity Stripe, do they get the all-NBA teams right? And that's from John in St. Louis. All-NBA teams came out this week, three of them. And what were your some what were some of your takeaways, Toss, to go off the bat? Um, I thought that the all NBA first team was like pretty spot on. That's a lo- it was a lock for me. Well, the only thing that was interchangeable was whether or not Jokic or Embiid was going to be the the center, the big that man. Was, yeah, that was a big one. And I think Jokic proved, you know, with his stat line all across the board, his just with his passing ability, really that that he's the best right now, mm-hmm. or he was at least this year. Yeah, it's a big toss up, honestly, because I think Jokic will finish fourth. In the MVP voting, the final three mm-hmm. are George, Giannis, and the Beard. Um, they've announced that, so those guys were locks to make the right. first team. And Steph also made the first team. Steph versus Damian Lillard would have been a toss-up, honestly, for me too. Um, but I, again, like Steph Curry, what he's done has been absolutely marvelous year in and year out, and he really just took over this year. I think he had one of his one of his my favorite seasons out of Steph Curry. Yeah, you know, I mean, he, we, he had the uh, the fifty-one point game where he scored. He didn't play in the fourth quarter. He scored three points in the second quarter and still put up 51 points. He's so electric, and he's taken his team to, uh, what, fifth final? Mm-hmm. In the last five years, five A fifth straight. final, Steve Kerr has not coached an NBA team without taking them to a finals. That's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. So that's the first team. Second team, we got Dollar Dame, who I think would have been the seventh man on the all-NBA first team if I had it my way, right? Then you had Kyrie, who, you know what? We gave Kyrie a lot of flack this year and I, me especially as a Celtics fan I was a little harsh on him but you know what he, well, he had 20 plus 
six plus assists and five rebounds. Not many people do that. He had a great game. He had a, he had a great season. A great season defensively too. He was a leader on the team. Maybe not you know like the type of leader you'd like to see, and that was a big reason the Celtics fell. Yeah. But statistically, he deserved to be on the All NBA team. Yeah, I mean outside of the playoffs, he was fantastic. Mm, then you have Kawhi and KD, which again are givens. You can't really make an argument against both those guys. Yeah, for. KD to be playing on the Warriors with that much firepower and still score like 27 a game is pretty impressive. Yeah, and then it gets super interesting, honestly, in the third team. I think Blake Griffin, you have to put him there. I think you have to put Russ Westbrook. I mean, I honestly would have, as good as Curry was, I might have switched Russ Westbrook and Kyrie. I just think we're taking it for granted that there's like, dude, like Oscar Robertson, what was it, like 1967 when he had a triple-double? Hadn't been done in like 30-plus, 40-plus years. Yeah. Almost. And no, I would have been cool with that as well. That what? swap. Westbrook comes in, Westbrook averages a tri- triple-double. For Kyrie. Yeah. And he's done it three years in a row. Like, that is bonkers, dude. It's it's so interesting, I think, in today's game that we take freakish athletic ability. Um, we, we hold that a high regard versus stats, versus record groundbreaking stats. You know what I'm saying? What can somebody do that we've never seen before? on the court versus over the course of a season statistically. And I think that's why I think it's hurt Westbrook a little bit. And the reputation he gets in the media as being a chucker, as being a ball hog, a guy who's led the league in assist multiple times is, is kind of ridiculous. You know, I mean, his shot selection is not the strongest part of his game. And you and I both know that, but the guy is a fabulous, fabulous distributor with the basketball. So he is a no brainer. You have to applaud what Kemba Walker and Blake Griffin did. Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns missed out on a lot of money, but I'd have a tough time putting him in over Gobert, who is just such a defensive stalwart. The Jazz do not go to the playoffs without Rudy Gobert, and that's a fact. And the, the Timberwolves are a probably the worst team in basketball without Carl Anthony Towns, I would say. It might be, yeah. And, you know, it's unfortunate because Carl Anthony Towns, like Gobert has Donovan Mitchell. And that's what Wiggins should be, theoretically, for Carl Anthony Towns. He just obviously isn't. We talk about it time and time again. Yeah. But uh, well, I mean, Gobert can he can play second or third fiddle on the offensive side of the ball mm-hmm. and really mm-hmm. focus all of his efforts on the defensive side of the ball um, because Donovan Mitchell is that good of a scorer. But Carl Anthony Towns has to he has to be the do it all center there mm-hmm. because Wiggins, I mean, might not even normally he's he he scored decently well, I guess. I mean. And had they, year, but had they made the playoffs, I think Carl Anthony Towns could have made a case against, against you know, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I mean, if I'm lining them up next to each other, it's hard for me not to pick Cat mm-hmm. if I'm building a team. As good of a rim protector as Gobert is, Carl Anthony Towns is the guy that can go and get you 40 points in a game. What do you think about LeBron making it? I mean, I think that I, I'm okay with it. I think if LeBron had played a full season and, you know— Let's not get into exactly why he didn't play a full season. I'm more just talking about the the injury, mm-hmm. the injury stuff in the Where middle of the season. Seventeen, games. yeah. Forget the load management stuff at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, I think he put up the statistics if he had played an entire season to be NBA All First Team. So, oh, absolutely. So yeah, I think he deserves to be an NBA an NBA third team selection. Mm. The forward position is tough. The guard and it's a guy that deserves to be able to have a super max super max contract. Yeah. And Absolutely. I know, you know, he bumps out Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. And he bumps out Bradley Beal. Well, Clay's going to go in as a guard. And that's Clay. It hurts right, Clay right. and it hurts Bradley right. so, Beal. So Westbrook and Kemba are beating Clay and Bradley Beal. And I think that's fair. Yeah. It's like tough. Like how It's very, you... very tough. Um, and, you know, those guys are now missing out on third, potentially $30 million yeah. because they can't get super max deals. Mm-hmm. But I think that they made the right decision. Kemba Walker has had the best season of his entire career. He averaged tw- over 25 points. He averaged like five and a half rebounds. Yeah. And he's so undersized. Yeah. And it's a guy like... And, and six and a half assists. And such a well-liked player in the league that, you know, you kind of got to give it to him there. I think that helps. I think Kemba Walker's stature in the league helps put him above Bradley Beal, who's younger than him. Clay Thompson, you know, who is, is overshadowed, uh, who's overshadowed and is hurt by being the number three option on a, an amazing team, nonetheless. But he's the number three option on the offense. And sometimes Draymond gets the ball so much on the offense that also, whether he scores or not, but that also takes away from Clay's touches. Yeah. You know, and 
it hurts him. But that being said, like Kemba did so much for the Hornets. Obviously, they didn't go to the playoffs, but right. the guy could not have done. They were right there. The they were team. knocking on the door at the end they were, of the season. Yeah, they came down to the last game, honestly. So I, I think it's interesting, it right. though. I think they got it right. I think same thing with the Carl Anthony Towns versus Rudy Gobert thing. If I were starting a team today, who would I want to be the star? Clay Thompson over Kemba Walker, and then Carl Anthony. Yeah, I, I agree. And Cat over Gobert. I agree, and it just. Now, I, I, it makes me wonder, though, is it time to add a fourth all-NBA team? I mean, does like everyone does it? It's like a participation trophy kind no, of I thing. I mean, I think it's just it's part of the game. There's just I know. There's just so many good players. There are so many good players in this league. It's right. Like, like Aldridge, DeRozan, you know, they, like, they have to be considered at times, right? Like, as good as LeBron was in the games he played, Aldridge was absolutely fantastic this season. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy I would have loved to see get an opportunity on an All-NBA team. Right? Middleton? Middle- he's close. Middleton's yeah. close. He's like Mitchell's close. Mitchell's close, knocking on the door. And, and Simmons, too. Like, where do you put him, obviously? But Simmons right. has to be considered. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Butler, it, it's so tough, man. Yeah. It's super tough. I mean, so we're, we're missing players that didn't play this season. Old Depot's in the conversation if he's playing healthy for a full season. Yeah. It just, I mean, it depreciates the value. But an all-NBA fourth team, or maybe adding a sixth man to the all-NBA teams, the guy, you know, could really just three more guys. Yeah. Because that's really what it came down to. Cat, you know, Clay, and Bradley Beal. And they work out maybe a money-wise thing. Like, you don't make the all-NBA team, but you guys, like, you know, the reserves on the all-NBA team kind of thing. Like, the sixth man, then you get some kind of monetary bonus. But it's tough, man. It's tough. I mean, there's so many good players. And it's like, it's like the way basketball's become. Because basketball, truthfully is the fastest growing sport in the world, which is so surprising to people, but it, it gets bigger by the day just because of the style, the shoes, you know, it's growing overseas massively. And and what the media does, everyone that the players you idolize, like soccer is still number one, but basketball has to be number two at this point. I can't believe that. I mean, it's, I, I think it's car racing first, is bigger. I can't believe that anymore. First and foremost, it's just such an easy sport to, to watch and follow from a fan's perspective, even if you're not a basketball savant. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, the rules are not that complex mm-hmm. in comparison to like American football. And it's an easier or, sport to pick up than baseball. Yeah, and it's more exciting than baseball. Yeah. To sure. the objective viewer. Yeah, for sure. The, yeah. yeah. And you know, the college helps, mm-hmm. right? And the, what we see, like the mixtapes of these high school players, like we know yeah, so these much media, about these media companies like Hoop Mixtape we and know Ball's so Life. Like who, these guys that are coming in, like, Wise, like James Wiseman, the number one recruit going to Memphis. How long have you, I've known about this kid for like three years. Yeah. Not just footage of him playing, but also footage of him talking about his game and, you know, talking to other greats and and guys that are in the current NBA and current NBA players talking about these kids who are coming up. Mm-hmm. The buzz is just everywhere. And it start. I mean, I think it started with obviously started with LeBron in high school, but John Wall. Yeah. His mixtape was like the first, the first big one I remember. I think we've talked about this before. Right. Who I herald as having the greatest high school mixtape of all time. For sure. For, I mean, I don't think they. I'm curious to see what would have happened had they made one for LeBron. You know, we're, we had a mixtape of Kobe Bryant. I think part of it comes or Dwight Howard comes with like the fact that they could get that much closer into these games. All the footage that I've seen of LeBron playing in high school is from like the the nosebleeds, you know, where they like would post up the camera. Yeah, like, um, like the clips they have for more than a game, right? Which is a great. Yeah, I'm actually wearing a LeBron high school jersey right now as we speak. You are ironically St. Vincent St. Mary's. Yeah, man, what a high school! Would you like to go there just to say you like went to that high school? I don't. I mean, yeah. Because I maybe would have been able to play with LeBron. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. That's hilarious. Uh, moving on, question number two. Dear Josh and Toss from the Charity Stripe, who are you guys' top five two-way players of all time? And that's from BZ in Pennsylvania. Real name Bailey. Buddy asked we call him BZ. I'm about nicknames. Fans want nicknames on the show. We have nicknames. BZ, B-Easy. Yeah, I'm a, I'm so about it. My first name is a nickname, so yeah, like you, like that's crazy. Like you, you're real people. Are like do, your real name is Alex. I guess I say it in the intro. It's Alexander. But Alexander, yeah. but like you know, like nobody. I don't even call you that. Like I'll call Nick Nicholas. I don't even mm-hmm. call you. You know, but yeah, you like, introduce yourself as Toss. Yeah, I do. I used to introduce myself as Fish, but then I was like, dude, like I'm not like you. Toss is more sleek, and that's cooler. Fish, it just sounds like I'm ten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Big fish, little yeah. pond. Big, big fish, little pond. Uh, but top five two-way players of all time, and this was like we went back and forth, me and this guy on the gram, and he was a big proponent of Scotty Pippen being in that mix. And Scotty Pippen's a fantastic player, an all-time defender. And again, mm-hmm. like you can't say like Jordan does not get the six rings without Scotty Pippen, and everyone and their mother knows that. 
Yeah. That's a blatant case. But is he top five? I don't think so. Because Michael himself is firmly in there. He's yeah. locked to be a top five. I would throw Timmy Duncan and Hakeem Olajuwon in there too. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's tough when you when you break down. Uh, Tim Duncan, fantastic rim protector. One, mm-hmm. of, the, one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, always in the right position. You know, other guys have been more athletic than him, but he just straight up and down with the hands, helping out on the, the weak side block and, and getting over and blocking shots and pulling in so many defensive rebounds. Yeah. Not so not allowing any offensive rebounds for other big men. Which is huge. Um, but, Same with Akeem. But, yeah. But versatility from a defensive standpoint, I think, has to come into question. Okay. When you're breaking that down. And to me, Mike could guard one through three and maybe a four if he had to a small four yeah i i don't i don't think it's a question i think mike is my right firmest lock lebron i, I think you don't think he's in there no no and i'll admit that i don't think he's in because i can't put him ahead of i don't think he's a better defender than kobe and i don't think i think he's more versatile often. yeah it's, it's, it's a tough. shame because i feel like he kind of dogs it sometimes on the defensive end yeah where he could he like should be. He's like top fifteen for me. I could comfortably say he's top fifteen. Kawhi, two way. Yeah, yeah, like Kawhi is better two way. Yeah, so I think he's that much better defensively than LeBron. And I think LeBron's depth. But then again, LeBron's you know. But it's two way. Is Kawhi in your five? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I it's could, so Kobe and Kobe. Kawhi. That's <sighs> that's who rounds it out. Or Gary Payton. Like I was talking about him before. I just Gary Payton's not as good offensively as like a KG. Right. For me to put him, I think I would put Gary Payton like a hair ahead of Scottie Pippen. That's and tough. It's tough. I mean, there's like again, like you know, D. Rob. Yeah, like a lot of the big men who are so dominant defensively and so dominant offensively, like KG, Duncan, Hakeem, you know, D. Rob. These guys like are just unstoppable, you know. And like that's like a two way player. Like people like think of two way players as only wing guys because everyone gets caught up in the three and D aspect of the game. Yeah, you know. But the, the Kevin Garnett was a dominant force offensively, and like so were the other guys. So you, he has to be considered as a two way player. And uh, Scottie Pippen's definitely top ten, you know, but because he could do both. Mm-hmm. But guys like Magic, you know, Stockton, like we can't like you have to throw Stockton. He's a great defender. Yeah, like an all time defender. Like, so Bird was a fantastic defender as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lot. It's it's so interesting. A lot of the great, the great all time great players. Yeah. are just. Two-way players. So who's the five? The five. I Mike. Will, Mike, Timmy D. Mm-hmm. Mike, Timmy D, Hakeem. Yeah, Mike, Timmy D, Hakeem, Kobe, and Gary Payton. Wow. Yeah, Kawhi bumps up, bumps out Gary Payton for me easily. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. I also think that... But would you have a problem with the other four? Um, no, no. I I mean, I have, I guess, more of like a traditional mindset when I'm thinking of two-way player. So like a guy like Scotty might actually bump out like a Hakeem because he's just because of the versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, because Hakeem is, you know, he's can't. not. And it's and it has to do a lot more for me with like one on one defending. OK, where like Hakeem and Duncan are like their presences on the defensive side because they're rim protectors, mm-hmm. but they like defending the post is not like what they're really known for. It's like their help side defense that they become the best at. But to throw it into modern times, like what is that? And how do you value a guy like Gobert, who kind of is from that school? Right. Or Draymond Green. Or Draymond Green. I, you know what? He's like the king of help defense. I think Draymond's a better defender than Gobert. I think Draymond is one of the best defenders I've seen in my life. Is he a better defender than Ben Wallace? Yeah. Because I think we bring up the versatility thing again. I can, can there's like Ben could guard three and up, sure. But I think Draymond can guard two and up, maybe. Like I, I don't think he can guard like Damian, Steph, Kyrie. He's not fast enough. No, you know, Kemba, like these guys, like Harden. You know, he. We've seen that. 
But I think there's certain guys, like like certain twos that you could throw on. Like like if Middleton's playing the two and they're playing Milwaukee, I, you could throw Draymond. Mm-hmm. On oh, him. certainly. So, exactly. So I think the versatility of Draymond Green, I think I'd have to put him ahead of Gobert from your school of thought. But I think a guy like just Hakeem Olajuwon, his ability to read defense, he wasn't like, again, like you think like he's a seven-foot guy. He's like not. He's like 6'9", 6'10", you know? Yeah. It's like you think of Bar- Charles Barkley, such a massive dude, and like you're telling me in the car. It's like 6'4". Yeah, I'm telling you, he's like six listed, six. He's like listed, listed as six six, six, six but he's not six six. Yeah, he's like a, you know. And the, anybody who played with Charles Barkley would say that. Yeah, except for Charles Barkley, he would never say that. He would never say that. And it's just so interesting, and it's such an, an evolving game, and it's such a good. Yeah. The I also think I mean, give it three more years of him playing top notch defense, and people are going to reevaluate what he means to the the talk about two way players. But Kevin Durant is a fantastic defender. Yeah. Right now, he hasn't done it for long enough because he's just been like, he's, you know, he, he played the role of being the best scorer in the NBA. Yeah. I don't think he's a better two-way player than Paul George right now, but he could be from what the, from where he's, he's trending. He's creeping up, though. Yeah, sure. Totally creeping up. It's such an interesting... Basketball has become... And, you know, it's, it's, so, it's so much more subjective than like a baseball or a football because football is on the defensive side of the ball, it's a bit more objective in the offensive line. But from the, the positions that we really value and really you know analyze as can you know society like quarterback, running back, wide receiver, yak yards after the catch, mm-hmm. how many receptions he got, how many receiving yards, you know your you know yards you know after you know first contact, right, running the ball, passing. There's so like there's only so many things. It's an easy thing to evaluate the quarterback position from a, stati- from a statistical standpoint. Baseball, there's and so many numbers that have been used over time, like WHIP, ERA. OBP right? for, for batters. On-base percentage, right? Exactly. And the batting average, home runs. Like, it's, it's, it's super, it's so digestible because it's been used so much. I think basketball is still revolutionizing, trying to find that mode. You yeah, know? I mean, as, a, as someone who played basketball, I think, you know, reviewing game film and looking at stats from previous games to then you know, look at it and utilize it and become better in the future. Plus minus was always like the big thing for, for us to look at and also um, assist to turnover ratio from a guard standpoint. It's huge. Um, and then shooting percentages from field goal, three point and free throw. Yeah. Your free throw. Yeah. You gotta hit your free throws, baby. Which is why, I mean, people talk about Steve Nash and the 90, 50, 40 club and like why that's so important and what that means. Like Brogdon. That's why Brogdon's valued so high. Right. And all of a sudden is, you know, is becoming a household name, mm-hmm. which is so good for him. That's what I was thinking about. You were talking about Draymond Green. I don't think he could guard Malcolm Brogdon. He, Malcolm, he, he's like gotten quicker. Kawhi had Kawhi had a very tough time staying in front of Malcolm Brogdon. It's crazy. He wasn't. And that was like a big thing for him coming out of college was his lack of athleticism. His lack of athleticism is his not a great first step from a guard, which is you, it's kind of a liability, you know. In this day and age, as a guard, like look at the two best guards. You know, like we were talking about yesterday, Steph and Clay around the pick fly. Yeah, the speed they move around, you know, the three point line is just out of this world good. It's why they're so effective. But he, he's he's such a smart player. In the same way that you know, I was talking to you about how Iguodala impresses me because he's always in the right spot. He's always ready Brogdon. on the weak side for an easy dunk, spotting up in the corner for an easy open three. Brogdon is always in the right spot. See, he's just not as athletic as Iggy, but he's like kind of like yeah, but he's a better shooter already than Iguodala is. Yeah, is he kind of I don't know. He's like not the not the style of play, but their presence on a team mm-hmm. kind of reminds very similar, like very yeah. similar presence on a team. I think that that's a guy that if he you know can't stay on the Bucks for his entire career, that like maybe like the Warriors when they're losing Livingston and Iguodala go after. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna become available soon, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's a yeah he's a guy that's a key presence on a championship team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, absolutely. He's gonna be a key presence on a champ like a team that's contending. He's a key piece in the Bucks right now. Brogdon is, mm-hmm. and that team was close, man. Yeah, it was interesting to see uh, Giannis walk out of the press conference. Yeah, after a. Not like that pressing of a question, honestly. He, just he doesn't want to be there yeah. after that. No, I, mean, I don't blame him. I, I mean, Middleton talked about it. He was like, we just we just need to digest this loss, go back to the tape, see what's what, and, and go from there. If we can break that down quickly, I know it's not part of the question, but the bench like bench just didn't step up as much. Like The bench was great in the Celtics series. Connaughton was electric against the Celtics. 
Yeah. Right? And the bench did just didn't step up. Except in game one when they won. Yeah. And Lopez scored 30 points. Yeah. He starts, but yeah. But the, right, but like he's not. tertiary players didn't yeah, step yeah. up as much. And like a guy like Van Vliet just kind of went off. Mm-hmm. Powell had like a really good series. Ibaka, you know, was very present yep. and very Bledsoe alive. was not quite as good as he was against the Celtics. He had a tough time against Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Even though Kyle Lowry was hurt. And we'll get into Kyle Lowry in a few, actually, because the next part of the next question. But, but I think that that, that reporter, like, honestly, kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like, and we talk about this so much, the playoffs in the NBA are totally different, totally different ballgame than the regular season. Which kind of hurts me in the in the inside because the fact that, like, the, the game's like 90-something to 90-something with like a minute and a half left. And like we look at a game like in the regular season, like 146 to like 137, like on the single OT. I'm like, dude, come on. Yeah. But I think I think Giannis is going to learn so much from this experience of getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Well, this is like, can he it, make the jump to becoming the best right. player in the league? And I would have, if they had ended up winning this series, I would have been scared for the next eight years. But now I think that there's it's still kind of a toss-up of like what's going to happen with the... You know the trajectory of the NBA if the the Warriors roster ends up kind of disassembling. Yeah, I think the I think we're seeing the end of a dominant era. I don't think it's over of the Warriors, but I think we're we're getting we're in the final chapter or two of the Warriors era. Um, but again, like the Warriors, think about the Warriors. Like they fired Mark Jackson; he was the coach there, and they had to swallow a tough pill. They didn't they didn't make the finals. They got bounced right in their chance to play LeBron in the finals. I think it was, and then the year after that, they hire Steve Kerr changes the offense a little bit and the rest is history you know so maybe like sometimes like you take your lumps now Giannis is like 23 24 yeah 24 yeah you mean come on dude like this guy the world is his oyster he's hopefully going to be a Milwaukee buck for life I'm a big time I'm rooting for lifers nowadays yeah I, I love what the Supermax can do and I think I think he really likes Budenholzer I think that they've got a good thing going there mm-hmm. they have a really good thing going there and they've shown that they could put the right pieces around him they make the effort you know I think they're going to need they're gonna fill. It. They have to fill out the bench, mm-hmm. and it's an attractive place to go now. Milwaukee has become an attractive sports city. I'll, 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 I'll lump the Packers in there because in the Wisconsin area, so the Brewers are great, you know. And they and they, they're, everyone's kind of boys. Everyone kind of like the Brewers. Get, like they show up at each other's games, which is kind of tight to see. Like Rogers was there, yeah. you know. Yelich was at the Bucks game, and that, that's that's something that's in sports that you know. Terrible chug by Rogers. Yeah, slowest chug in the book. Yeah, who was, was it? Bacardi? The was it that the lineman who slammed like two beers in his face? Yeah, yeah, what a beast, dude! You got. And then on, Matt dude. Stafford had a clapback video where he put back a, a beer in about like two seconds. No one's questioning whether Matt Stafford is more of a stud in the party scene than Aaron Rodgers. That's a given. It's a given. That's a yeah. Like, if we put that up as a poll, like, who would you rather party with, Rodgers and Stafford? Anybody who was Rodgers is just a diehard Packers fan. I guarantee we could. I guarantee we could get a hundred percent Stafford. I think a diehard Packers fan's still going to pick Rodgers. I know one, and I don't think he would because he knows. He parties. He knows. I dig it. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> question number three, dear Josh and Toss from the Charity Stripe. Kyle Lowry or Mike Conley? That's from John in Ohio. Who would you rather have? Who's the better player? Who's got the better career? Okay. Kyle Lowry Yeah, is my pick. And I think most people would pick Kyle Lowry. Yeah. But okay. Mike Conley is a lot closer than people think he is. Oh, I think, it's a, I think it's a great question. It's a great question. I think Conley, like you'll look at Lowry's five all-stars to Conley's zero, and I think that's because, and not, nothing against Kyle Lowry because he's been nothing short of fantastic for the Toronto Raptors, but Mike Conley's been hurt by the dominance of the guards in the West, where he's just not, he's great, but he's not Dame, he's not Russ, he's not Steph, he's not, not Clay. Clay. You know? No. He wasn't Kobe. When Kobe was in his, because he, he was playing then. I mean, he's Conley's not been even around for a while. He's not even like Devin Booker. He's not from like a statistical standpoint. What they do for their team, Devin Booker is more likely to get an All Star than oh, Mike yeah. Conley. He'll, he's more likely. So Luca's Luca's more likely to get an yeah, All Star. I think than Conley, Conley was close this year. He really had a good year for the Grizzlies. He did. Year. And I think you know what? A move to the Eastern Conference next year, which I'm rooting for. I think the Jazz and the Pistons are two teams being talked about to go after Conley's services. Which is interesting because I think the Nets will kind of appear if they miss out on Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Kind of pair him with D'Lo, which is, I think, a great pairing. I think Conley could sneak into the Eastern yeah. Conference backcourt, not as a starter, but maybe as a reserve, right, in the next wave. But, I mean, Kalau, and over the like, over Conley, the course of their career, Conley has been more consistently good. Exactly. But for the last four years, Kyle Lowry has been a stud. Come on. I, you know, it's like the last five years, he's just been too good. Yeah. 
I mean, just, to get that title as a defender, to be to be called by other people in the league a bulldog, that's always been like the vernacular that's used for guys that are nightmares to play against defensively. And again, it's just Conley is a, a bit longer, I guess. He's better. He's good. You know, you Conley's can, been top of the steals chart since he came into the league. Great defender. Great but, defender. But an on-ball defender, relentless defender, energizer, Bunny. Kyle Lowry, you could stick him on your best guard. Like, this is going to be a good matchup. In the finals, I think. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited. About here's this. where here's where Lowry edges out Conley to me. He's a he's a much better rebounder. He he's averages stronger. He's aver- he averages about two times more rebounds a game than mm-hmm. Conley. Yeah. He, I will not give him the nod on passing. While this year he averaged considerably more assists, he averaged about eight point seven assists, which is fantastic. That's the highest he's ever averaged. He's playing with Kawhi Leonard. He's playing with Danny Green. Van Fleet, got guys that are great spot-up shooters and are very high-percentage shooters. Marcus Gasol as well. He's never had... Gasol is obviously a great offensive player. But over, their, over the longevity of their careers, Mike Conley actually beats out Kyle Lowry in assists. They both average about six and a half assists for their careers. I, and again, like Marcus Gasol, by the way, another great two-way player. Just want to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. But you throw Mike Conley, and when the Grizzlies were great, you know, in the, yeah. in the mid two thousands, like Randolph, Tony Allen, right? They had like Tayshawn Prince at the back end yep. and Gasol, and, and it was because Rudy Gay, and it was because like Rudy Gay could score, but he wasn't like an elite scorer. He's just a very good scorer. Gasol was like, a great scorer, but not an elite scorer. And Randolph's a very good scorer, like, and, and Tony Allen's like no offense, right. just full defense. Yeah, and they were the they were like the Bulldogs, man. They were like, it was a defensive team, and that's why they were so good. Versus Kyle Lowry playing. You know, with a guy DeRo- with a guy like DeRozan, who is just so much, he's, he's more superior to anyone that Conley's ever played offensively. Yeah. I'm confident in saying that. And I, now Kawhi's a better offensive player than DeRozan is. So I think Kyle Lowry's benefited from that. For sure. Being in Toronto. I also think that if you like, if you just break it down across the board, um, I, I'll say like they're a wash from an assist standpoint, from a passing standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's a wash there. Scoring, Mike Conley is a better scorer than Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. He is. He's I, also a better, he's a better percentage shooter from three and from the field goal and from also from the free throw line mm-hmm. not to knock Kyle Lowry because he's a good three-point shooter and he's a good field goal shooter and he's also a great free throw shooter mm-hmm. but Mike Conley has put up 90 percent free throw percentage in in multiple one years one of the best in the league yeah one of the best in the league I think it's just but it's the it's the rebounding it's the tenacity on the defensive side it's the kind of just like game leadership and taking his teams to the next level that Conley really has never been able to do it, it, when Con, when the Grizzlies were at their best, as good as Conley was, it was because of Gasol. Right. Was, he was so good. He was the best player. Kyle Lowry, like as good as DeRozan is, he's the flashier player. As good as Kawhi is, obviously he's the best player, the top three player in the league. Kyle Lowry is a big. He's the he's the stasis. He's the constant for the Raptors as of late. And I, I I'll give him the edge. But I think it's important. I think you bring up a great point. It's a lot closer than people think in that debate. Yeah. Move on to question number four. The, all these questions are tying into each other. It's very interesting. Uh, and I didn't plan it out that I don't want to give myself any credit because I definitely, you know, we have the questions and I happy accidents throw. Yeah. Happy accidents like the cookie or the potato chip. What's a better accident? The cookie or the potato chip. Be honest with me. Those are both accidents. Yeah. People didn't mean to make them. No, I, 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 I did the a cookie. The cookie was an accident. The, the potato, maybe I'm pretty sure I'm like 85% sure on the cookie. I'm a hundred percent sure on the potato I, chip. I've, I've heard the potato chip because I, I did a report on the potato chip in school when I was younger. A middle school report. Mm. Like, like, if you're a teacher and you've spent your whole life trying to shape the minds of young kids and some idiot 14-year-old gets up in front of a class with no regard for the project, for the homework assignment, and puts... It was a terrible presentation. Horrible. And I put up a ridiculous project about the potato chip because it, it was a project on inventions. Mm-hmm. And that was my invention, the potato chip. It's a great invention. Unbelievable invention. That was my mindset. But also my mindset was I wanted to get a laugh. I did not care. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what do you think if you're the teacher? Like, this is what I... Kind of a half-baked idea. (laughs) Exactly. That's like, you know, that's what happened, honestly. And it's just like, I felt bad, honestly, because I wasted that guy's... I waste That guy's trying to do some good for the people, and I wasted his time. I think I I learned a lot when I was in... (laughs) Just to, like, dip back into the the old pond. But I, I learned a lot when I was in... In middle school, when I had, a, I think in a science class, I had to give a presentation on an animal, like an endangered species or something like that. And I picked the pink fairy armadillo, which is an animal. It's got a ridiculous name, but it is absolutely an animal. And my science teacher, with no wherewithal to actually like 
second, just like back the facts up and look anything up to see if it really was an animal, just straight up told me to my face that it wasn't. And he was like, you have to do this report on something else. So you know what I did it on? I did it on the black-footed cat, which is not a real fucking animal, but he bought it. Really? What a cheapskate. Really? That's a good one. Yeah. I did a lot. I mean, my reports were beyond half-assed, and it was just, I would just trust the finesse. I'm yeah. not speaking of it. And I could Pink Fairy Armadillo, real animal. Black-footed cat, not a real animal. I love that. Good for you, man. Yeah. Stick it to the man. Stick I, it to the man. I'm, a, I'm not going to lie. I was all I was all team, first team stick it to the man. <laughs> Like I was like this. I wasn't like one of the finalists for the MVP, but I was definitely first or second team year in and year out of stick it to the man. Yeah, growing up, and nice. I, I'm not even ashamed to admit. I, I never. I don't know if I've ever told this story in the podcast because we'll take a brief break from sports. <laughs> I had a teacher one time when I was nine look me in the eyes and go, "There's only one person in the world I hate more than you," and I divorced him. What a go! That's scene. ruthless. Ruthless. Like, that is a that is a ruthless. That is thing. letting everything come out in the classroom. That's what I call that. It, yeah, she just let me have it. Yeah. What a ruthless statement. Okay, first off, that had nothing to do with you. That nothing. outburst of rage. Nothing. Nothing to do with you. Nothing. You, you were just the instigator. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, I guess. Wrong comment. Wrong. Com- no, I wasn't a commenter. I would like get kids to do things. I was fucking devilish. Dude. Mm, I was, puppet master. I was. I was bad, dude. I nice. was bad news bears. Nice. But yeah, like that's what she said to me, and I was like, wow. Like as a nine year old, like that that put some hair down there. That really you know grew me up. A- I, I was the kid where like if one kid got in, in trouble, and like the seats on were on either side of, of like the middle aisle of the yeah. classroom. Right. Mm-hmm. And in a math class, like one kid got in trouble. So like the teacher would pull his desk out in the middle and, and like isolate him from everyone else. So everyone could just look at him. It's so weird. And like, she would pick that person that she was like reprimanding. And I'd be like, no, no, no. I'll, I'll like, this is my price to pay. And I'll go sit in the chair for you, even though I didn't do anything. That's crazy. And then, she, and, she, and then the teacher would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> and the classroom would be like, "How? that's so unfair of you. He didn't do anything. Yeah. Man they, of the people. Yeah. This guy's just trying to stick up and like take some of like, the yeah. hunger games that for your friends. Right, yeah. Right. I, I respect that. I was like, I mean. I'll, God, being a teacher would be such a, t- oh, it'd be I, so tough. It'd be so I, tough. I, I, people I got the utmost respect for teachers. Beyond. Because right? I know, like, if it's imagine dealing, I cannot imagine dealing. Like, I was so bad. I'll say one more thing when I was in like the fourth grade that I, my teacher went to the bathroom one time and like, it was like the middle of the day, like post lunch, we had like two hours left of school and I hid under her desk and she knew I was under her desk and she didn't say anything. And I sat under her desk for the last two hours. She just wanted me out of the classroom. <laughs> she wanted no part of me. She was like willing to let a kid sit under her desk for two hours. She's like, fuck it. Like, you know, like, I can't deal with this kid. Let him just sit there and like, think he's being like funny and like, right. Right. Just get, actually get on with the school day. That's great. Yeah. Well, moving on to question number four. Now that they've made the finals, is Kawhi locked to stay in Toronto? And that's from Ty in Chicago. No, you can nothing. Still no. Yeah. Nothing's a lock. But I, I'm I'm confident. I'm like if you break it down percentage wise. Eighty percent he stays. Okay. Like eighty but like the, I was gonna say like seventy. Yeah, no, yeah. Seventy's safer. Seventies he's he stays. It's still like very up in the air. I think it's like it's not ninety. No, no, no. I think if they I think if they win, does he have a better like would if they lose, do you think I don't know, like so many things like the if Raptors he, are a ruthless organization, by the way. And there's, it would not surprise me if they lose. Kawhi agrees to stay, and they kind of trade Kyle Lowry and try to upgrade there. I mean, I think that's a mistake, but I, because like we were just talking about, I think Kyle Lowry's the glue for this team. I don't like. I don't as know. Good as good as Kawhi, do you think you, I never would have thought they would have traded DeRozan? Like I was shocked. Yeah. Even though he is a free agent, you know. He's, he's, but forget like all of the just hubbub that was happening at the time. Kawhi Leonard is a better player and he has been a better player his entire career than DeMar DeRozan. I felt bad for DeRozan. I felt worse for DeRozan than I did for Blake Griffin. I think Blake Griffin was extremely slighted, but the, yeah, he's, a I, I, I think it's a great, it's a, it's a heartless move by the Raptors. Like it was a heartless move to trade Isaiah Thomas. For no, the I think they, you got to do what you got to do. If they win, he's back. They're not going to win <laughs> when they lose and they lose. But now I don't know how they're going to lose. Okay. If they lose close, he better come back. Oh, he's got to come back. I think he has to come back either if way. If they get swept, I don't know. Because he's got to see Siakam is only getting better. Van Vliet is a great piece off the bench. Um, you, you have OG Anubi who's not playing because he had 
whatever i don't know something really terrible happened to him he's hurt yeah. like an appendicitis or something like that yeah 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 he, he, he's good he's a good young player they do a great job drafting guys it's, an, it's actually an attractive place to play toronto's a cool city i believe they have to re-sign a couple of guys though which is like the big question gasol yeah has to be re-signed but you I know think. what he may take it he's at the point in his career he may take a discount to win he's already taking a like touches discount yeah like Horford like they're talking about Horford going back to the Celtics like Horford might go back to the Celtics for less money because yeah. he wants to win and, that, and like, that's what it takes like Chris Bosh went to the Heat and took a massive pay cut when he went to the Heat people don't talk about that Chris Bosh could have made a boatload more, more money all around the league but he really wanted to win so he took that pay cut yeah. and he went to Miami and you know what Gasol if it comes to it he's going to have to do it like Ibaka if he has to take a pay cut at some point he'll have to do it like, and dude, Sia- I mean Siakam could get we could see him get so much better next year. Oh, he, he could become a superstar. Right. He could become like a you know like I'm close to a max contract guy all of a sudden, and they're going to have to pay him. I think it's easy a good pairing with Kawhi. I think you you say it all the time, Toss about Siakam's game. I think it's a great point that he's a bit too hesitant. He needs to trust his game a bit more. But once he does, I think the sky's the limit for that guy. He's super athletic, super strong. As, he goes great around the rim. As much as I was talking about how important it was for Giannis and, and the rest of the books, the Bucks team to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's going to be so impactful for the rest of Pascal Siakam's career for him to be in the finals against the Warriors, one of the best teams ever created, mm-hmm. the best team ever created. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. He's going to, I mean, I could see him having a lot of struggles, um, but like you have to have those struggles as a young player to then come back the next year in the playoffs and succeed. And we actually have this in our bracket that the, the Warriors versus Raptors, which is pr- a pretty safe pick, we have it in sixth going to the Warriors. you still confident in that? I it depends on what the deal is with Boogie, and it depends on what the deal is with Kevin Durant. Okay, let's say neither. Let's say KD doesn't come back to Game Three. Let's say Boogie doesn't play at all. Then I think six is still a fair assumption. Let's say KD comes back in Game Two and Boogie in Game Four. Boogie's going to come back before Kevin Durant. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That is interesting to me. Then I think they can gentlemen sweep him. Wow, I I, I don't know, man. I think this is gonna be good. I think it's gonna be a good game. Good, a lot of good basketball. And listen, the, the a lot as the 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 Warriors beat the Rockets in six. They swept the the Blazers, but the Blazers played them pretty tight in the last three games. The Rockets played them pretty tight in the games they lost. You know, the Warriors, you know, are just that good of a team, and they know how to win, and they don't. They just never panic. They never ever ever hit panic mode, which is so respectable. And it, their ability to stay calm, cool, collective in the pocket late in games is why they always edge teams out. And that's why they, they could be down nine. Aside from the fact that Steph Curry is such an electric shooter, and we say it all the time, they could still be in it because they, they trust their brand of basketball. They don't get selfish. They don't get, you know, they don't get, you know, Chuck happy. And, and they play smart basketball late in games. And that's why the Warriors are just so dominant. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think Kawhi, we have to see where who the Clippers get, what the Clippers do. I think that's like the best bet. I would be bummed if he went to the Lakers. No offense, Los Angeles Lakers fans, but I would be bummed. The, Clipper, the Clippers would be kind of cool because I'm, I'm down for them to go get one. Um, but I kind of want them to stay in Toronto, see what happens. You know, let, it, let, let, it, let that trade pay off. I think DeRozan would be pretty bummed, honestly, too, if he was traded for like a one-year rental of Kawhi and just saw his team that he spent so much time mm-hmm. trying to get to where it was, yeah. you know, fall to the floor. Moving on to question number five, dear Josh and Toss from the Chatty Stripe. The 2010 to 2014 Heat, or the current Warriors, or the 2015 to now Warriors, that's from Sammy in New York. So we got LeBron, we got Bosch, we got Wade, we got Chalmers, we got Ray, Ray Allen, Haslam, Miller, Miller um, Birdman, did not Birdman off the bench. Joel Anthony. Yeah, that team is great. Or Spolstra, who I think is the top five coach in the league. I always, I always say that. Um, or like the the Warriors team. Steph, the- Clay, Draymond, now Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, Bogut here and there. What team? What? The, well, yeah. What team? Are we, um, we going to talk? Maurice Spates here and there. Harrison we, Barnes here and there. Yeah. Are we ripping the seventy three and nine before pre Kevin Durant pre Bogut Cousins with Harrison Barnes on the team? Is I think that the team? Is I think that- it's still part of the the Warriors dynasty. Yeah, no, that's like the that's like the I think that's, that's the, the second year. That's the because they won the year before. Yeah, that's the critical piece, man. That's the critical piece right there. Um, and yeah, like it's like the sixteen and zero Patriots. Yeah, they didn't finish out. They didn't go nineteen. They won eighteen and one. But still, man, like that team was just undeniably at least one of the that was one of the best teams I've ever seen in any sport in my entire life. And same with that. That's they, they like to win. Like put it in baseball perspective. There's like 162 games in baseball. So it's like if you double, it's like roughly, there's roughly just a hair. Like if you double basketball games, it'd be 164. And that's just like a, just a hair. So it's pretty much even amount if you double the amount of games. And that's them losing 18 baseball games. Imagine losing 18 baseball games. 
That's ridiculous. Like um, if a team if a team wins a hundred and five games in just, baseball, just, it's just like crazy. Well, it's impossible. Oh no, I'm saying to win to only lose sixteen games in the MLB is impossible. Will never, ever, ever, ever happen. I, losing thirty something games is just not possible in my mind. Yeah, it's not possible. It's it's like that's like the winning thirty. Percentage. That means you win a hundred and thirty games. No way. No way. That's impossible. And like you know what? Even like the Yankees team right now, if they were healthy with Stanton and Judge, it would it, and Severino to hit like 110 would be ridiculous. This this Yankee team at full tilt, I don't even think they could do it or come close. And I think this honestly, in the way it's breaking down with Judge and Stanton when they come back with Glaber Torres, the way he's just been hitting the ball, the way Sanchez, the way Voigt's been hitting the ball. I mean, they don't have Anduar was playing at full health. You know, Severino the bullpen, Tanaka has been great, and Paxton. I mean, I think this Yankees team on paper is the best team. Maybe the best team I've ever seen. I don't know. It's it's definitely up there. I mean, as good as the Astros and Twins have been, like the Yankees team are playing with the quote unquote backups and they're just dominating. So I think it's pretty impressive. Um, but I think I still go with the Warriors team. I love LeBron, D Wade, and I think Bosch and Draymond would be, and they're both in their primes, would be like a, a sick matchup to watch. Like one of the best. Chris Bosch again, another yeah. two way player. Chris Bosch is just such one of the best four offensive players of all time. I just it's um it's like a really like John Madden take on it, but it's like threes are worth more than twos. And the Warriors shoot so high percentage from three at such a high volume on easy looks, and then their two-point looks are even easier because they're such a good three-point shooting team mm-hmm. that they're just they're so hard to beat. They, they That Heat team would have a tough time playing catch-up. Yeah. Have a really tough again. Yeah, they you know they. I'm interested to see Look, as good of a defensive team as the Heat was, and they and they were more of like grinded out wins. That was kind of their style of play. Yeah, they were gonna they were gonna physically dominate you. Oh yeah, which is I think they physically it would have been taxing on the Warriors. I think if the Warriors can get it done, if it goes to five, the Warriors have it. But if we start going to game six and seven, I think the Warriors become more and more in trouble because I think the Heat were just superior would be superior physically, um, even with Kevin Durant. Uh, but and it's but it's interesting. I think that Heat team. I think that we always talk about that Thunder team with Ibaka, Russ, KD, and Harden, who made the playoffs and they blew it up a couple of years too early. I think if they we saw that three years later, I think the the Thunder would beat them with Harden. Russ. Would beat the Heat. Would have beaten the Heat. Yeah, three years later, if those guys had three more years. Yeah, in the hard ball. to say if Harden. That I mean, my big question mark is is Harden the same Harden? Are any of those guys the same that they are now? Do their games develop? Yeah, into what of, they are now yeah. because all these. Guys are now all NBA players. MVPs. Right. Three MVPs. Yeah. When's like the last time you saw one three MVP players in there? I guess, no, like not even now. Like, cause like Bogey and Clay and Draymond are like great players, but they're not MVPs. Like KD and Steph are MVPs. Like, when was the last time you saw like, or if ever, where there were three MVPs like rolling out on the court together at their, at their best? Or close to their best, or approaching their best. I think there's never been more than two on a team. D- yeah, Kobe, Shaq, Kobe, Shaq. Yeah, um, Steph, KD, Steph, KD, Barkley, Hakeem played together at one point. But yeah, like, it's very. Do I never? Did no, even no. he never even cracked top like three in MVP voting? No, I don't think he did. Or come close. Uh, he came out of close. He's a finals MVP. Finals MVP. Yeah, when he was when he won a scoring title, he might have come close. But yeah, no, it's it's super tough to really get that going. And these guys have two, and those guys had three eventual MVPs. Like I look at the Red Sox pitching staff right now: Sale, Price, and Purcell have all won the Cy Young in the last ten years. Which is pretty crazy. Like you never see, crazy. like yeah, you never see like guys get put together like that. Super interesting. Um, but I think the Warriors team, like you know, it's a very John Madden take. But the three outweighs the two, man. And I think the the Heat would have a tough time coming back against the hot Warriors team if they if they started scorching them. And that closed out the fan questions. Really great fan questions. Love talking hoops. Honestly, it's a, it a good week. It's been a great week of hoops just in my mind the way i've been feeling the way i've been vibing you know the way they, the polls on instagram we do fridays we do like a th- i try to like a theme this friday i did like a question for every nba team which was you know a little taxing on the dome but i figured it out i weaseled my way around and that kind of brings us into our brand new segment called top of the bowls top of the polls Top of the polls to yeah. Top of the polls. Top of the polls to yeah. Um, we'll talk about polls that really drove people crazy this week. 
Um, and two polls that drove people crazy were the Marcus Aldridge versus Brandon White poll um, and the Kobe Bryant versus Magic Johnson poll. And it's interesting that those polls, because they weren't close. The results weren't close. Like Aldridge handily beat Roy and Magic got wiped out by Kobe. And I, I mean, I think it's a product of our, you know, who's voting. And no offense to people who are voting, but I think it's easier to think more recently. Yeah. Our generation is Kobe Bryant was one of our favorite players. Yeah, I think it's and they both it's so it's so interesting that like the way they both kind of were the face of basketball at peak basketball times. Like when the new media was coming out, Kobe Bryant was like the best player in the league. When basketball was at its low point, Magic and Larry saved it. Like the Showtime Lakers kind of saved basketball and made the Lakers what they were. And it's who's the greatest Laker of all time? And I, it's to me that I think you got to go with Magic Johnson. Scoring wise, obviously the flasher score, the, you know, Kobe Bryant is unbelievable. And he, he's been on more all de- NBA defensive teams. I think defensive versatility, I think Magic can literally guard the one through five, and that's pretty crazy in my book. He's a mm-hmm. two time steel leader. But Kobe Bryant, on ball defender, is just top class. We're yeah. talking about like being one of the best two way players of all time. Then you go to like, just break it down though. Like Kobe had 20 years in the NBA. Right, his last few weren't great. Magic's career was cut short, you know, by his HIV diagnosis. But the guy had 13 years in the NBA and five titles, five rings in 13 years is just wild to me. A six-nine guy who's averaging a hair career under 20 points per game, 11 but around 11 assists in the close to 10 rebounds. Amazing, amazing, and it's just the five like, titles is yeah. For me, the, just the real kicker there. What he did for basketball, he like made basketball, you know, what it was. Like the basketball, like people, like watch, watch Basketball Diaries. It's a great documentary series. And basketball was not big at all. Basketball was like a sport that go almost, it was about to be a flash in the pan kind of sport until we had, you know, Larry versus Magic. And Magic really came onto the scene, made the Lakers what they were, a big team in Los Angeles, you know, a big city, right? Took it to the you know to one of the best teams in all of sports in the West because sports were moving out west because all the you know it's a lot of the big teams in sports were on the East Coast right and he makes the Lakers huge and the guy is just so versatile you know it's like he's like LeBron like comparing LeBron to MJ I think as a player is kind of on they they don't they're not that similar like LeBron's very similar to Magic like weirdly enough like Kawhi is similar to MJ or even like Steph is kind of in my mind closer in a weird way. Mm. I mean, I it'll, think he's kind weird, of totally different. In a, I don't in island a, as well. Like, yeah, like in a, I don't know. Like just the way he maybe like his presence, what he does to the game, the way he's viewed in the game, like you know his his aura in the game is I guess more similar to Mike's. Um, but I think Magic is just a more versatile player. So that I think to me, and I, I think you agree. I think people just get caught up in the allure of Kobe Bryant. I think it's and the sex appeal of Kobe I, Bryant as a player. I, I think that one's closer than the Aldridge Roy. And I oh I disagree. Really? Yeah, yeah. I really disagree. I, d- I think Lamarcus Aldridge has has had the roughest of shakes. But when you talk about what Kobe Bryant means to the city of Los Angeles, to basketball, to the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, so you're saying it's like best, like Magic's the better player, but Kobe maybe the better Laker. Is yes. that like is that like what yes. you're kind of getting at? I that was going on in my mind too. Actually, you know, I was thinking, okay, like wait a second, take a step back, and you know, from a bat, from an hour. What this guy gave to this to this city that we live in is, and I mean, I'm not even a Laker fan saying this. It's, yeah. It was really amazing. Again, like he came on, like it was basketball. Like Magic made basketball big, and then, but then basketball was becoming huge. Like it was going from big to ginormous to huge. In the in and the then, early 2000s, I mean, growing up. Going to Texas Rangers games, I normally would, I could count, you know, I, I would need so many hands to count how many Yankees hats I saw, how many Yankees jerseys I saw. Same thing happened all over the United States when you were going to NBA basketball games. You had people showing up in Los Angeles Lakers gear who weren't even, they weren't even playing. Yeah. It'd be the, it'd be the, we're in Detroit. We're watching the Pistons versus the Pacers and, you know, you've got, hundred people wearing Kobe Bryant Lakers jerseys. I think Kobe's jersey was like the second most popular jersey I'd, I'd seen in my life. And that's just because I'm from New York and everybody had a mellow jersey right when he got moved to New York. Everyone got one. And Kobe was just the most, he was the most popular player. 
You know, people had Cavs jerseys of LeBron, and they definitely had Heat. There was actually more Heat jerseys I think I saw in my life than than Cavs LeBron jerseys. Like in that in that small period of time, mm-hmm. well, all the, all the was, Cavs LeBron jerseys got burned. So. Yeah, it's true. D Wade was a super popular jersey, but Kobe, you're you're right. I mean, Kobe Bryant became the face of basketball at a time where media was revving up and the NBA was taking it by storm. So I think maybe Kobe, I think has a better argument of being the. I, I still think Magic's the best Laker of all time. I think he's the best better player. Um, but I think Kobe Bryant makes it's a tough case. Yeah, I mean, I think unfortunately, more. in my mind as well, because of you know Magic's illness, that kind of hinders him a little bit because he didn't get to play twenty years. And he lost. To, I think he would have at least four more good years, really to, good years. To play twenty years is it's an impressive feat. Insane. And you guys know I'm all about loyalty. I mean, Dirk's my fucking guy. So mm. for Kobe to do that, I mean, he's essentially he and Dirk did the same thing for. There are two franchises. Yeah, I mean, there's one point where Kobe wanted to. It was whispers of Kobe wanting out, but they go get Pau Gasol, and then you know it changes everything for him. Um, yeah, it's just you know, and listen, they both had some great players to play with, and he played with Warzy and Kareem. Yeah, and they both played great basketball. I think the tougher one is Aldridge and Roy, and it's just who's the better player at their best. And I think people forget about Brandon Roy and how electric he was. And he has, a, he has a true two guard still what a good playmaker. He was a very good rebounder, six, five, you know, solid defender, just like a rookie of the year guy, great scorer, just like a very efficient scorer from all, all over the court. It's just to me like LaMarcus Aldridge has never gotten a fair shake everywhere. He's went. I don't know why I feel this way. And it's maybe because he went to our alma mater like when you think of UT basketball, like nobody, he doesn't, his name doesn't get, yeah, he didn't take UT far. You know, he didn't do anything crazy with Texas basketball when he was there, but he's the, he's the second best player to ever, ever come out of our college other than Kevin Durant. Right. And I think, I don't think it's close. I think we're talking about LaMarcus. LaMarcus Aldridge is a borderline Hall of Famer. He has to be, in my mind. He's one of the most consistent players in in the NBA, in the modern, in the current NBA right now. He's one of the most consistent players. He's a seven-time All Star, five All NBA teams, right? I mean, he played. It's crazy that Brandon Roy only played six years, and like I'm not something you can't even count. I think that Lamarcus Aldridge played thirteen like good years. Some of what happens is that because Brandon Roy's career gets cut short, and he is a really great player, he's a two guard. More of his plays are a little bit flashier than what Lamarcus Aldridge did over his career, and, and the fact that he was he he had to call it quits in basketball, people like end up kind of blowing his not not to say that he wasn't a great player he was, mm-hmm. but blowing it out of proportion a little bit, and kind of it being the effect where like if there's a a famous painter once they die, their painting becomes that much more valuable. He's become more valuable since he's retired since he's left the league. And now people respect his game more. And Lamarcus, Ald- and Lamarcus Aldridge is still in the league doing exactly what he did seven years ago. From the get-go. Pretty much from the get-go, honestly. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about it, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that Lamarcus is on the Portland Trailblazers. And that as good as he was for that team before Damian Lillard gets there, mm-hmm. it was a bigger media play for them to draft Greg Oden with the first overall pick. A year after taking a year Aldridge after taking Aldridge with the, second, with the second overall pick, the second overall pick this guy was, and he wasn't even taken by the Blazers. He was taken by the Bulls, who traded him for Tyrus Thomas. They swapped the second and the fourth and the little extra, right, and little sugar on top to get Lamarcus Aldridge. The Blazers grabbed Aldridge, who, for all intents and purposes, I will say, is the second most important, the third most important draft pick in the history of the franchise. Two being two one A one B being Walton Damian Lillard. Yeah, oh, easily going to get his jersey retired so easily. Yeah, and such a lock. It's it's unfortunate. Like a guy, like he gets over. He's overshadowed at Texas because KD comes in the year after and just takes it by storm. And, he's sandwiched by TJ Ford and KD in college. And and he's not, you know, he's not a two guard, so he's not like making incredible shots over people at the end of the game like Brandon Roy did mm-hmm. time and time again. Mm-hmm. And he is not, a he's a mid range, really boring Tim Duncan esque player who's a, a power forward who can stretch the floor with his jump shot. He's a great rebounder. People don't talk about his rebounding enough. He's a fantastic offensive rebounder and a fantastic defensive rebounder. And he's just a high field goal percentage shooter. Very high. Very. He's, very, he's he just great. He like doesn't miss. He's 80% from the field. It's just unfortunate because he wasn't as good as Kevin Garnett. He wasn't as good as Tim Duncan. And part not, of it was because he wasn't as athletic as those guys. And as Dirk wasn't as good of a scorer, and he wasn't as athletic as Chris Bosh. He really could have gone toe-to-toe Look, with Chris Bosh. Look, it's Bosch the same type of thing that there. happens with like with Paul Millsap. 
where because Paul Millsap doesn't do anything flashy. I think Aldridge is better than Millsap. He though. is, but it's the same type of like player. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Where like people sleep on him because he's not wowing you every single possession. And like everywhere he goes, where he's he was he's been great in San Antonio too. Like he, it's not like he went to San Antonio. It's not like a Josh Hamilton thing or like an Albert Pujols thing where these guys went to the Angels and just kind of fell off the map. This guy went to San Antonio and was still an All Star, right? Still made All Star teams. It's just every again, like I hate to like you know maybe focus on this too much, but everywhere he went, like when he went to the to the Blazers, it was it became the Greg Oden show, and which was a very negative view for the franchise. And then Brandon Roy comes in, and like it was just always became the team that could have been. Right, and that the the and that and that pulled so much focus. When you thought of the Blazers in the mid two thousands, you thought of you know unfortunate draft picks, and it wasn't until they made a great heist of a trade, trading Gerald Wallace to the Nets, grabbing the pick that ultimately became Damian Lillard, which is a great draft pick by them, you know. And they pair Aldridge and Lillard for a little bit, and they just can't get it done. And then he goes to the Spurs, where he's going to be paired with Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi Leonard like refuses to play. Kawhi Leonard turns it into a media fiasco. Right, he goes to the Spurs where he can play under good, the tutelage yeah. of Tim Duncan to, you know. I, I mean, I think that Aldridge is going to have a similar type of career as far as longevity-wise compared to Duncan. He's not going anywhere for a long time. No, he's still got it. His style st- of play. Style of play. Yeah, style of play fits, man. He still can, he can hit from three. But it's unfortunate now. I think DeRozan goes there, and Aldridge is the number two, and he's an all, he's playing at an All Star type level, but he's a fringe All Star type player, and he's gonna be replaced. He's gonna he's not a top. I it's is he a top ten big man in the league? The back end maybe, and he'll soon be bumped. He'll soon be yeah. bumped out. Yeah, by a guy like in two or three years, in two or three years by a guy like Aiton, you know, a guy like mm-hmm. Marvin Bagley, who are forced to do so much more for their team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right. are in the position with young teams where like they can grow into being the star because no one has really like taken over that role yet. Jokic is better, Cat's better, Draymond's better, you know, Embiid's better. Embiid's better. People will say Kristaps is better. I need to see more out of Kristaps. I'm not saying skill wise he's not better. I just need to see him be healthy and do what he can do. Like right. before I'm gonna say this guy's better than him. But yeah, I mean it's like, Aldridge is kind of on the wrong side of his career. And it's tough. You know, I just think he's, I think he's always been overshadowed, not by other players even necessarily, just by drama and, you know, stuff that, you know, a lot of players don't have to go through. And I think his career, and it's in a shame because, like, again, like Brandon Roy, like, like a Kurt Cobain, like Nirvana is big. Nirvana's huge, but not nearly as big as when they, after they, you know, after Kurt Cobain died. Brandon Roy is big and super popular, then all of a sudden he's done. And I would say in our lifetime, Brandon Roy is the, more so even than D. Rose, the most missed out player of our our lifetime. Yeah. He was very, it's a big statement here, but I think he, from the offensive side of the ball, he was very Kobe-esque. It's a big statement. But we just, you, you don't just like the style of scoring that he put up, though. You're just never going to know. Right. Though, you know, because it's not even, it's the guy just didn't, he didn't play. He played what, like six seasons? He played six seasons. I'm, I'm pulling it up now. I just want to get everything. I want to get the numbers right. You know, I love him. And I'm not talking about his return on the T Wolves because that does not count. No, but that but that's like part of his six seasons. Like he he played. No, those that was like seven and eight, wasn't it? Mm, no, that was his sixth season. In the league okay. was the year in Minnesota in 2012. And what did he do? He did. He played in five games. Played in the league. So he played. Okay, so he played. Roy played 57 games his first year. 74 his second. 78 his third. 65. I think that that might have been the league. The year the league was shortened, mm-hmm. maybe I could be wrong. Um, sixty-five in his, you know, fourth. But after that, he played forty-seven, and then didn't play, retired, and then he kind of came back and played five. He really played four years, three and a half on three, no, f- three and three quarters. Yeah, I don't. In my mind, it's like, how can you tell me that he's better than Lamarcus Aldridge? You can't. Like you can't. Like you can't. Like maybe like one on one at their prime, it's like something. It's something a spectacle to see. But you can't tell me he's better than a guy who's just been this good for so long. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Like again, like people forget how good Brandon Roy was at his best. He was great, and I, I think he coaches in high school. I think he's gonna make. He's doing quite well. Yeah, yeah. I think he, I th- I mean, I'm interested to see if he'll make a jump to the college ranks. I think his I think his AAU team that he, or whichever, maybe it was just like the high school team that he coaches, uh, won the state championship. I think they've, I think they've won it multiple times. Yeah, I th- I think he's leaving. He's how not old is back. How old is he? He's he's he won a title with uh, Michael Porter Jr. He's only thirty four. I'm interested to see if he come, if he, he's from 
maybe he like continues to to push this further. The coaching train. Wa- yeah, if the Washington job ever becomes available, maybe like you watch. Yeah. yeah, and you watch. I mean, you watch. Got McDaniel's. You know, they have some running. You know, they have some big recruits. Isaiah Stewart. Sorry, not Vernon Carey. He went to Duke. They have some big recruits coming in. Washington's again. always been able to get guys in there. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do. This is going to be Memphis with Penny Hardaway. Look, Penny Hardaway, Stackhouse. These guys come in, and I'm interested to see if Roy Connor tries, tries to make the jump to college basketball. Yeah. That's like, I think the next time we'll see him appear. Um, but that's the show, guys. Really cool show. Um, good basketball talk. And, yeah, keep listening. Keep submitting fan questions. Keep voting on the polls. Keep liking our shit. Hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day. Hope you enjoy your Memorial Day. Have a good one, honestly. It's like a nice, good. Everyone, it's a good. Drink a Bellini for Nick. Yeah, drink a Bellini for Nicky Snacks. Yeah, we know he'd appreciate that. And also, just for the love of God, please, just drag both feet inbounds. Swing on a full count. Rip that puck. Hit that putt. Hit your PKs because they're free. And hit your free throws. Why, guys? Because they're free. We out you. We love you. Puts it up. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube